Hello, and welcome back to another installment of Path to Abundant Living. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, and we thank you so much for joining us here on our second episode. If you're just joining us now for the first time, we'd recommend traveling back and listening to our first episode where Matt Scott and I covered the topic of stress testing and financial stress tests overall. You see, it's really a foundational element that Matt and Scott, uh, you know, adhere to and really abide by uh, as a means of helping leverage their clients into a better position to get them on that path to abundant living. So we're definitely going to be having more conversations surrounding the idea of a stress test in maybe even today's episode as well as future episodes. So I would definitely recommend traveling back, checking that episode out. Uh, so that way you understand the whole concept of a stress test. But today we've got a different topic for you and it's a really good one. I love this topic that we're going to get into today. You see, it's surrounding the idea of your wealth manager specifically. You see, uh, one of the best things that we're going to be doing on this show in today's episode, as well as future episodes, is we look at the super rich, the affluent, you know, those with a, a net worth of $500 million or more. And they have one thing, they have access, and that's access to some of the top financial professionals in the country. And that being said, they're able to tap into that expertise and get some of the best suggestions, best strategies for ultimately positioning their wealth overall. But today's episode dives into the wealth manager specifically, and that is a key ingredient or a missing ingredient that not all wealth managers seem to have these days. It's one that Matt and Scott bake into their practices on a regular basis, and it's one that you should definitely be looking towards and ha in having for your wealth manager. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Matt and Scott out to talk about this today with us. Scott, how's it going? Matt, good to see you guys. How are we doing this morning? Good to see you, Ryan. Just living the dream. <laughs> well, hey, guys, we got a great topic on tap today for our audience. And like I had said, affluent families, you know, the, the super rich, if you will, they have access to some of the top professionals in the game. You know, they're all uh, they're all soaring when it comes to their respective level of financial acumen. But sometimes that's not it's not enough. It's not enough. And we're going to dive into just why that isn't enough today. But I think a great spot for us to get started in our conversation would be could you guys, you know, just care to explain, Matt, I'll throw this one over to you. Could you explain why individuals, families, business owners, business owners even with significant assets need to ultimately be demanding more from an advisor that they choose to work with? Sure. So what we see, Ryan, is is the affluent many times have have really complex goals or needs. And so while, <clears throat> excuse me, while the advisor that they're working with maybe a technical expert, um, a lot of times they're, they're, they're missing out on, on a bigger area. And, and so there was a study done by Russ Allen Prince that 86% that of those affluent that ultra high net worth believe that, that they've outgrown their current advisor. And, and what they see is, while that, that advisor they work with is technically expert in that one area, what, what they aren't is they haven't delved into a, a bigger area where really reviewing the entire plan. Um, and so because the, that elite wealth planning requires much more than mere technical expertise. Sure. And so that's where we see that that, that advisor is really good in one area, but the, but they're missing out. And, and if they really look into these other areas, that it would actually empower them to serve those those people with sizable wealth uh, in a much better way. So Matt, yeah, I, I get it. It's the it's like the old adage: you're hyper focused in one lane, and you're not spending time focusing on some of the other aspects. They're equally as important. So that being said, guys, what do you find that is that one miss one particular missing link when it comes to a majority of these instances? 
Ryan, I think far and away, the most common missing link is the, the human element. Um, it's that lack of interpersonal relationship skills. Uh, the great wealth manager is also a great communicator. Um, he can explain things. He can do it. He, he's a good listener. He can, he can simply explain things and have it be succinct enough for the, for the client to fully understand. Um, one, of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite lines is from Albert Einstein's quote, where if you don't, you know, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And uh, that that's kind of a, an approach that even with an ultra wealthy person who who certainly has the uh, the life experiences to get them get them to where they are today, uh, what they really want it's not that they're looking for a best friend, but they're looking for a good communicator to who, to somebody who can really assess what's most important in their life and how to build a plan around that. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. There's a lot to unpack within these conversations. I mean, when we took a dive into the stress testing process, specifically that discovery process, you guys walked us through how many questions and and the types of questions that you asked. These are thorough, very detailed, thought-provoking questions. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, you know, when we're talking about this human element, you know, I get an idea of how, yes, that can be incorporated. But what exactly are we talking about here? Take me through what that human element entails when you're having these conversations. Well, I think it's best if I give you a real life example. And in fact, it's my own my own life example. Um, Ten years prior to uh, my 27 year career in wealth management, I was a, a counselor and family therapist. Uh, so, you know, I was professionally trained to be a good counselor, a good listener, be empathetic. And so I leaned on those skills greatly when I first started as an advisor. Uh, I didn't realize how important they would be. Uh, later as I, as I come to now, uh, you know, want to impact people's lives even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I, I leaned on when I first started, when I didn't have the product knowledge, when I didn't, uh, necessarily, uh, know all of the, the investment strategies that would be applicable in a, in a wealthy person's life. The one thing I could do is I could listen really well. And so I, I asked a lot of open-ended questions. I reflected back on what they'd said. I, uh, I was empathetic and I arrived at solutions that would make their life better. Uh, but you know, it, all of those things lack that product knowledge, but I avoided that on purpose simply because I didn't have the experience or the product knowledge. Well, that turned out to be a blessing in disguise because oftentimes I found it a lot easier to develop relationships early on and then would, would essentially go back to the office and talk with the more seasoned uh, professional, the, the product vendors and learn more about, you know, specifically what I wanted to do with that client based on the interview that we had had. And so, you know, it was one of those things where with more experience, of course I knew the products better. Uh, but then an interesting dynamic kind of occurred, uh, when it ended up happening, I was talking more, I was listening less. Uh, I was not really, uh, is empathetic with the client. I was anticipating their questions and coming up with answers uh, that that certainly gave them the, as Matt alluded to, it gave them the uh, the idea that I was technically sound, but that it, it just lacked, uh, you know, it lacked that understanding uh, of the client. And so I found it to be a lot more difficult. Uh, the more I knew, I found it a lot more difficult to to uh, establish those relationships that used to to come so much easier. Sure, sure. I, like, I, I totally understand how you could, I mean, that's a great level of expertise to be able to tap back into and, and, and 
You're right. I love that you use the word listening because it does come down. I mean, think about it. When you're sitting down at the table, you're working with your wealth manager, your financial professional. Like I just mentioned, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, there's family dynamics, there's personal goals and aspirations. I mean, there are a lot of deep, you know, deep rooted conversations that need to take place. And, you know, having somebody that's simply focused on the dollars and cents might not be the best case in some of these instances. So guys, Matt, I'll throw this next question over to you. Why is it that you guys believe that having the human element aspect is so important specifically when it comes to wealth management as a whole that's a great question i'll I'll give you an example so we we met with a very successful business owner and what he wanted to do is he wanted he was considering his succession plan and what he wanted is to review it to make sure the plan that he had put in place years ago would achieve everything that he was expecting it to but under different scenarios and so Mm -hmm. a stress test and so when when reviewing it on that deep level, what we determined was he 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 had everything in place, but but things had changed. And and what that means is he had he wanted to be uh, even instead of fair with his assets. And so what that meant was in the event that he were to pass away and he has four kids. And so while while being even, which we all talk about that, if you have kids at all or, you know, family and friends. So I want to be even. Well, only one of the four kids works in the family business and he's the president of the company. Mm. Well, what, what could end up or what was going to end up happening with the way that the plan had been designed and become outdated due to family dynamics is it was going to lead to most likely an all out war among the four kids. Because mm. again, you had the president of the company and then the other three and this patriarch described two of his children in less than glowing terms, if you know ah, what we're saying. Yes, yes, of course. And, and so really taking an intense focus on his plan, what we determined was, okay, there was some strategies and tactics that he was missing out on. And so really tightened up that succession plan as well as put in some asset protection plans. And so as a result, the, the one uh, son working at the company would inherit the company and the other three would get a comparable amount of wealth, but in a different form. And mm-hmm. so in this instance, reviewing it based on, cause, cause again, things had changed. And, you know, if you were to look at your life, you know, five, 10 years ago and, and see, well, I can see in the future and here's half the things that are going to happen to me in the future. Well, you're like, okay, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And so reviewing and, and making sure that the plan you have in place is going to get you to where you want to go. Sure. And Matt, I like that it sounded like that whole example, that whole conversation rather stemmed from a stress test as a whole. And that was obviously what we covered in our last episode. But I'd like to unpack this a little bit more and have you talk a little bit about, you know, a, yes, what a stress test is, just for anybody that's jumping on with us for their first time today, but also how it plays such an important role in this human element conversation around somebody's wealth management. Sure. So a, a stress test it's, it's a systematic way to review the plan that you have in place, if you have a plan. And, and if you do have a plan, the plan that you have in place is going to achieve what you expect it to. And so while when reviewing it, you can say, okay, what we've seen many times is technically the plan that you had in place, fantastic. But maybe the implementation of it, maybe there are some mistakes that were made uh, you know, years ago when it was done or, okay, technically maybe it's good, but the implementation or now kind of fast forward that five or 10 years 
and, and you haven't reviewed or things have changed in your life and your family dynamics, tax law, regulation, again, that, that, you know, looking back and forward and, and, and trying to review everything, things change in our lives. Um, even though sometimes we don't want them to, but, but making sure that, okay, is this plan, am I a hundred percent confident the plan that I have now or that I implement, you know, implemented and, and signed years ago is going to achieve everything that we want to, you know, with everything that's, that's gone on in our lives over the years. Guys, when you, when you have, you know, an individual, a family business owner come in and sit down with you guys for a stress test and you're, you, you know, you've got their numbers in front of you. You're talking about their goals, their, uh, all the things that they want to do and achieve with their wealth as a whole. And you're going through the stress test process. Do you ever find an instance where a stress test reveals no problems at all? You know, everything is ship shape. Uh, absolutely. Um, more often than not, actually, uh, <laughs> You know, there are essentially there's a lot of good advisors out there. And so sometimes when you're sitting down with a client, they just want to know, as Matt said, they want to know that the plan is is as sound as it was when they first put it together. So oftentimes, uh, uh, you know, the stress test is, is going to reveal everything to be on track and, you know, both technically and from a human element perspective. And to the client, that's going to be very comforting. Uh, and so uh, and that's part of why they came in. Um, the stress test is still the best way, however, to determine whether your plan is going to do what you want it to do and to uh, determine if there's any untapped opportunities that we could inject somewhere. So guys, uh, you know, for anybody that's listening right now, they're, they're understanding, okay, sure. I understand how the, the human element plays a role in these conversations. Yes. Cause we're talking about my dollars and cents. Sure. But at the end of the day, my goals are what matter most, my interests, you know, the people in my life that are close to me, all of these are obviously factors. And without the human element, you know, there is no conversation surrounding, you know, all those, all those elements. So that being said, guys, how do you, though, assess whether a wealth manager truly cares about this or not? Because, yeah, you can talk about it, but how, how can you tell whether or not they're, they, you know, they're incorporating the, your family beliefs, your values? They're, they're really sitting there and listening, like Scott mentioned earlier. How can you tell if this is ultimately at the forefront of their mind? Well, I'm going to use an analogy here. Um, if, if you and I were sitting down, uh, Ryan, to talk about your plans to build a dream home, and I was a contract builder, uh, you probably would, would find it a little bit disconcerting if I spent most of my time talking about how my circular saw works, how my drill works, how my pneumatic nailer works. If we're not spending enough time about what you want in your family room and what kind of a, an atmosphere you want out in, you know, leading out into your backyard to, a, to your favorite living space, then, then we're probably talking more about my expertise and less about you. Sure. And so I, I think that it's, it's really important to remember that financial products are certainly the confusing part of what, when somebody comes to us, it's, it, it's that expertise they're coming for. But we have to first remember that the financial tools are just that. They are tools that 99% of the advisors out there have at their disposal. So it really comes back to the human element of determining, have we assessed what's most important to the client mm -hmm. and then using those tools to build something. So, you know, for Matt and I, it, it became essential to, to divide the discovery process from the investment planning meeting. And that discovery process is where we're taking in all of that information and trying to purposefully avoid talking about product. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the 
first thing you can you can probably tell uh, when you're sitting with an advisor if they're spending a lot of time talking about product and the technical solutions to things uh, rather than really you know asking a lot of open-ended questions about what's important in your life your life view uh, then I, I think then you're, you're on the right track um, certainly the uh, the talk about the tools is a lot more boring than than what it would be to to build your dream home uh, so I think if the focus is on you, then there's a high probability that the advisor is focused on the outcome. And when when we have that investment planning meeting, there should be some very clear indicators in that investment plan meeting where you've got a sense that the advisor heard you, that they then uh, you know put some investment solutions and, and products in place that specifically identified those goals and concerns you had in that discovery process. Mm-hmm. Scott, you've mentioned two great, you know, words or even phrases. The first one being listening. That's a very big part of, you know, getting into the human element here. And then secondarily, you just mentioned focus. The focus needs to be on you. Uh, you know, I think that's a really great way of summing up that, you know, my last question in that, how do you make sure a wealth manager is actually incorporating the human element and genuinely cares about you guys? I'd love to kind of switch gears here now and play maybe the game of hypotheticals. Matt, I'll throw this over to you. Let's say, Matt, you, let's pretend you're an investor rather than being the advisor that you are. What would you want to see? You know, what would give you the confidence that the advisor you've chosen to work with or are considering working with has that human element down and, and, and they're utilizing that within a day-to-day basis? So what I'm the investor, what what we would, when I say we, my wife and I, what, what we would want to see is is an advisor who's who's walking the talk, that that they have a, a formal process, a discovery process that would get to know us on a deep level. Again, like Scott said, we're not looking for new best friends, mm-hmm. but what we are looking for is someone who will, you know, find out about us and, and what makes us tick so that, 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 they have that formal process and not just some random questions that they're going to ask us. Sure. And I would imagine you guys practice what you preach then. So what would be a a good and thorough discovery process? What would that look like, especially from the human element perspective? I guess the ultimate question is just walk me through what the good discovery process would look like at Morrison Norman and associates. Yeah. So, so from the, the way that we, um, when we're going to talk with you, and, and get to know you, what we're going to do is on a deep level of, of what are the most important people in your life, your relationships, family and friends, and, and ultimately kind of get a little backstory of your life because how do you make financial decisions? Um, and, and on what level, what, what values do you hold true and stand for? And, and how can then that be incorporated into the plan and, and understanding that, that what are your interests as well and, and reviewing all these things because all these things play a part into the plan. Sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't. And as, as opposed to, well, what stocks do you own and what's your net worth? It's really getting to understand you on a, on a deep level and, and how you come to make decisions. And guys, I love that you also mentioned that, uh, you know, in, in most instances, you have that discovery meeting and you're not even talking about the dollars and cents on the spreadsheets. Uh, you know, this is a meeting solely dedicated to just that, getting to the heart of who someone is, their values, their family dynamic, all those intangibles. Uh, I love that, you know, that's the approach uh, because 
that is a glaring indicator to me as a potential, you know, investor sitting down with you guys that, you know, human element is a big part of what you guys do and what you incorporate because look, I haven't even gotten my numbers out of my bag yet. And here we are just kind of talking about me. So guys, to kind of bring our conversation to a head here, uh, you know, are there any other really important aspects as a whole when it comes on or when it comes to delivering on the promise of the human element within these wealth management conversations? Well, I, I think that, again, how you can tell whether your advisor listened is when you come back to that investment plan meeting. When we start to get into or dive into the, the nuts and bolts of a, an investment or a, a product solution, there should be a you should be hearing a lot of reflecting back of what you said in that discovery process. Mm -hmm. uh, what was a concern? What was a fear? And then Scott or Matt should be providing a solution or an investment product while at the same time saying, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, do you remember having that concern that you shared? This is the product that is going to take care of that, or this is the strategy that we're going to implement in your plan to address that. Uh, so we typically, after our discovery meeting, send out a follow-up letter that essentially summarizes that meeting. Uh, we also do something called a mind map, which is a way to, to really, in a, in a flowchart way, really show, you know, the dynamics of that, that person and what's most important to them. And as a result of that, sending out that letter and asking questions, you know, about whether anything was, was missed or not, it just gives the client the, you know, it gives them the understanding that, wow, you know, we've, we've talked about it. Now it's coming back to me, reflected back to me, both orally and written. And now we're planning an investment planning around that. And so when they come into the investment plan meeting and we're emphasizing those things all over again with recommended products and how to address those goals and concerns, um, it's a great way to get off to a good start in that relationship. And it's a, it's a plan that honors their interests and values. And it, they certainly can tell that it's not just a plan that was designed for Scott and Matt. It mm -hmm. was, a, it was a, a design, you know, for them. Uh, so I think that's probably the, you know, what you're looking for when you, when sure. you, uh, you feel like you've had that, that good experience. Sure. And Scott and Matt, you guys, you, when we were diving into the stress testing process as a whole, we had mentioned that this is a custom tailored approach and it all stems from that initial discovery process. And with the human element weaved into this, it's hard almost for this to not be a custom tailored approach. Matt, do you have any final thoughts on, on the human element as a whole when it, in relationship to the stress testing process? Yeah, Ryan, what what we've seen now, having incorporated this years ago, is when, when like Scott said, people aren't looking for new best friends, but what they are is when, when you can really understand what is most important to them, their values, their concerns, and then incorporate it in the plan. But in addition to that is review these on, on a regular basis, because again, with changes. And so what we've seen over the years is really um, the impact that it has on people's lives to see that mm -hmm. their plan and, and they see that it's going to achieve everything that they expect it to and want it to. 
Sure. Well, hey, guys, I really appreciate our conversation today. I, I think we covered a lot in regards to the human element as a whole, how it pertains to stress testing. I know these are such big topics and we're, we're bound to you know touch on them again in future episodes. But I think for anybody that was tuning in with us today, uh, you know, there's a lot to learn from this process, a lot to consider when it comes to maybe your next meeting with your wealth manager, especially given this whole conversation surrounding the human element. So, guys, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you. Hey, good to see you, Ryan. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, well, Ryan. thanks, guys. And hey, we want to thank you, our listeners, our viewers, for joining us today for episode two. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, enjoy that information. And hey, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, share this information with other friends and family, other individuals that might be meeting with their wealth managers and thinking, eh, this guy's just not getting it done. Or this, this lady, she doesn't seem to have me and my interests involved. Well, I think this episode is a lot of information to take to heart and ultimately apply to your own situation and get you on that path to abundant living. So for Scott and Matt, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of path to abundant living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Norbin & Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal.